us in short sleeve blue shirts. But yep. yeah, no, lacrosse season is uh, getting started. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where I forget how much I enjoy it until it starts up again. And then I'm like, oh, how have I functioned without this? I used to feel that with like when the Blazers season ended. And I'd be like, how am I going to live without, you know, without the Blazers for X number of months? <laughs> and then somehow I just moved on with my life. And now yep. I, I live very well without the Blazers in my life at all. So. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but Jack and Jack uh, had his uh, districts yesterday, his regionals, and got third. So great job, Jack. Going to state. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Brody. Is that next week or the week after? Two weeks? Two weeks. So I'm not doing anything but that in two weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything, any announcements today? Any announcements? There should be something. I'm pretty sure there's a something. Oh, if you need prayer after the service, there's going to be, um, uh, um, Bob is, is, is available if, yeah, in the purple shirt here. If you would like prayer for today, if there's just something going on in your life, and you just need someone to pray, um, you can pray for them. Um, my wife is holding up some uh, uh, bottle bags for, because um, we, we recycle bottles. You know, if you have, you know, pop cans and such, you know, we just, you just have to put them into these blue bags and turn them into the uh, recycle center there at the, at the grocery store, and uh, we get the, uh, the proceeds. So it's really easy. Um, business meeting coming up. Coming up. Uh, the 27th of February. We have uh, several things to talk about. Um, just kind of, inf it's an informational meeting mostly. Just to let you know about some things that were, it's going on. Uh, any other announcements? Coloring night, ooh, it got rescheduled for the 28th. Is that correct? Am I reading it right? Yes, 7 p.m., excellent, here at the church. It's a lot of fun. Men's coffee's coming up February 26th. Wow, that weekend is busy. February 26th is men's coffee here at the church. Is that all of them? That's it. Okay. How did the golf go yesterday? We're, we're it didn't good. go? Not good. Well, it, good are you and bad. For yourself, you. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Right. That. So they drove out to Hillsborough to go to Top Golf, and it just didn't quite work. So they came back here, and they did it here in Woodburn, which was great. And we still had we still had seven people from the church, which was great. Nine people total. Which is a good day. It just was a, logistically was a little bit not what we in, in hoped for, which is fine. <laughs> Still had a good time. Yeah. Okay. Any other announcements that you can think of that we need to talk about? No, I'm I'm just super grateful for the sun. I'm just so grateful. excited to be warm and to drink in the sun, and it wakes me up. The so. grateful groups are going great. People are enjoying those. So. We're going to see if we can get you a little bit of an update uh, from, from people who have been doing it, how much they're enjoying those. All right, um, so we are going to, we're starting a brand new series today on love. Um, and the first thing we're going to be talking about, though, is um, how do we think about the commands of God? Because I need to lay a foundation before we get into that. And, you know, one of the things that Christians are often accused of is being hypocrites, Right? Happens all the time. But what is a hypocrite? Hypocrite is someone who doesn't live up to what they say, their, their message, right? Well, why are we called hypocrites? 
because we don't love as much as we should, right? Because we don't, we, we're not good people. Well, the problem is, is the world thinks that the message of Christianity is to be a good person. That's not the message. So when we don't live up to being loving, it's like, well, that's the message, is that we're not good people. We need Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is that we, how do we think through these, these moral commands in the scripture of like love people or be compassionate or patient and all these different ones. And let me give you three words um, just to think about and hold on today. Um, it, one is repent. The second one is remember. And the third one is rejoice. And I'll explain all three of those in the sermon. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your love for us in Jesus Thank you for the hope that we have. Oh, Father, thank you that, that we don't have to be perfect to be in your family. Thank you that the message is, is that you meet us where we are without, um, without, without you know, you, you, you take us where we are. We meet, and, and then you pick us up, and you don't leave us there, but you bring us home. You clean us up, but you do that. And we are so grateful for that. And so, Father, as we come into this, this day, we give you the praise. Encourage your people this morning as we consider the gospel. Father, as we go into worship, I, I, think, I think about how I want to be a better representative of you to the world. And how I know my tendency to be drawn into cynicism. To doubt the goodness of others. And I, I want to be both vulnerable and loving. And as I worship, as we worship, that we will be vulnerable and loving. To be open. To know that it's okay to be hurt because you are healing and you are good. We celebrate you this morning. Thank you, Father. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for the, the promise that you accept us as we come to you. That you haven't set a specific bar that says you are not allowed to come to me unless you reach this threshold. That you, just, you long for us to want you and to come to you. And you'll take us broken and, and screwed up and discouraged and frustrated and sinful and say, I love you anyway. Just come to me and, and let me love you. Father, thank you for your extraordinary generosity. Father, that, I just ask for all of us who are here that all those things that we're clutching onto so desperately that we are courageous enough to drop them and to stand here with open hands and open hearts, open minds, and hear what you have to say to us, that you break us of our, our, our worldly dispositions and, and point us toward you in heaven. Thank you, Father.
And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come and speak to us now as we try to hear your voice. Help me to communicate clearly to about, about your, your message to us. Put your words in my mouth. Things that I have prepared to say that are from you, may they become, may it be clear, may the meditations of my heart and our hearts be yours, and the things that are not from, from me, Lord, may that, not, may that either not be spoken or remembered, but the things that are from you, Jesus, may that just sear into our minds and transform how we think about the do's and don'ts of Scripture. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I, I was listening to a comedian. I think it was even this morning. If it wasn't this morning, it was last night. Yeah. No, it wasn't you. God. And it was sad. He was just making this commentary about, um, you know, what if aliens came down and they say, Who, who's your best person? And they said, well, it was Jesus. Well, what did Jesus known for? And this is, what, this is what his view of what Jesus was known for. He told the world to be nice. And I'm like, and then the joke goes on and says, well, how did that go? <laughs> no, not good. And what did you do for him? Well, we killed him. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, but, but the point is, is that's what the world thinks, is that the message of Christianity is be nice people. That's not the gospel. But that's what they've heard. And, and, and I realize some of us have grown up in, a, in, in churches even, unfortunately, that primarily the message is be good. That's not the Bible's message. It's not. Now, does it say commands about how you should be living your life? Well, absolutely. And we're, we're going to be looking at them in this, this series on love. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how do we think about those in a biblical perspective, a, 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 a kind of a large, broad understanding of how Jesus looked at them, how Paul looked at them, how, how, how the Bible in general puts them into context? And the three things I want to tell you is to repent, remember, rejoice. And in this, I'm just going to basically tell you the gospel. That's really it. Now let's remind ourselves of the passage that we're going to be looking at starting next week. Love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. It, is not pro, it, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always hopes, it always perseveres. See, this is what we're going to look at. There's a lot of to do in there, how we should be living, you know. You know, we should be patient and kind and not envy and not boastful. It's like... Wow, Paul, set the, the bar high. Yeah. But how do we think about these? And what we need to see in these, how, how do we see com 
passages like this. You know, and the first one is when we, and, and I'm just going to go through the three points just so it's really super clear. The first thing I want to remind you is that when we see the commands, we're going to see how we were originally meant to be. How you were created to be. And, and, and we'll see, when we see it how we, were not, how we were supposed to be, we go, that ain't how I am. And the response ought to be, well, I, I, I want to be. I'm going to repent. So there is that. But the second one is, is that you see your need for Jesus in that. Because you don't measure up, do we? We all know we don't measure up. And one of the purposes of these commands, on one hand, is to help you go, you need to live differently, which is what, what, what Paul is getting at. He wants these, the, the Corinthians to love people, but not to, to see that they need to be that way for God to love them. The point of the commands, in part, is just simply to reveal you do need Jesus. You need him. That's the purpose of the law in general, is to reveal our inadequacy. So you need to remember the gospel. You need to remember you need Jesus. Remember that you're righteous by faith. We're going to unpack that. But here's the final part, is, is you, need to re, you need to see in these, these promises your future. Because part of the gospel is that one day you will be perfectly loving. One day you will be, these things, they're not just do this, it's also you will be that. When Jesus comes back, when you go and meet with him in the new heaven, the new earth, you will be perfectly kind. You will never struggle with sin anymore. You will be what you long to be. And there's a joy in that. There's a joy that you will be, as we see here and here, you know, you will be patient. You will be kind. You will never envy again. You will never boast again. You'll never be proud. You'll never dishonor others again. And not only will you will be this way, but everybody you associate will be just like this too. Oh, can you imagine living your life always having people treat you perfectly kindly? Oh. But that's your future. Okay. So, here, let's talk about how <clears throat> the first one. See how you were how you originally created. Looking at James chapter one, he says this: Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We should do the command. That is a part of the scripture, is that when you see things like don't envy, don't, don't envy, right? Don't just listen to it. Try to live that way, right? And then he goes on and he gives this analogy. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And then after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law and that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they're going to be blessed. Now, there's a lot here, but here, let me unpack at least a little bit of it. The, what he's getting at here is when you look at the, at the law, and in this case, he's just talking about the, the moral commands. 
What he's saying is when you look at that, it's like God is putting up a picture of this is how you are meant, you you were originally created to be. Humans were created to love one another perfectly. That is the right, that is how we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be patient. That's how we're, the human being is designed to operate. So this is why when people, when, when we live in a society where we're not, people don't act like that, it, it's like, this is just not right and why it hurts and it feels weird and it's just not okay. That phrase, it's not okay. It may be common for people to be unloving, but it's not natural. And that's the point. So when you look at the mirror, you look at this perfect law and you see how you are supposed to have been. You're supposed to be like this. That's the image. But of course, if we do do this, as he ends up with this here is, you're going to be blessed. If you actually do, what, and I talked about this, I think this was last week, that if you actually obey God, even if you don't believe in Jesus, even if you, but if you live your life according to the moral commands to the best that you can, which no one can do it perfectly, um, your life will generally go better. Because this is how the world works. So, when we look at things like be patient, one of the things we need to do is, as he said, is to not merely listen to the word. You need to do it. You need to repent. Don't, don't just listen to the sermons over the next four weeks. Or actually, it's going to be about eight weeks getting us almost up to Christ, almost up to Easter, and go, oh, that was a nice sermon. Part of the point of that is you need to live like that. You need to repent. And to remind us what that is, let's look at one of the most famous repentance, Psalm 51. This is where David is repenting over Bathsheba. And the whole, all of that mess with the woman that was not his wife and what he did to her husband, all of that. And when he was finally confronted with it, this is part of his prayer to God. He's repenting. And listen to what he's, what he's saying. He starts by just simply saying, God, have mercy on me. When we, when, we, when we repent, part of it is just have mercy on me because of your unfailing love. You're, you're appealing not to your own righteousness, but to God's righteousness. Because of your great compassion, blot out my sin. There's no justification. There's no but, you know, forgive me because, you know, I really didn't know it. No, you knew what you were doing. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. God, I need to be forgiven. I need to be changed. Help me. And then make me different. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That's the, when, we, when, when we repent, you're just simply going, God, you're right. That's wrong. I'm not justifying it in any way. Thank you for your forgiveness. Now change me. Create in me a clean heart. And when we act like that, the sacrifice of a desire, is a you desire, God, is a broken and repentant heart, and you're not going to reject that. God loves that in us. God gives grace to the humble. 
grace to the humble. So, repentance. When we see these commands, part of it is, yeah, we need to do that. The problem is, is, some, is a lot of times preachers, that's all you're going to hear is, you need to be this way. Like, yes. But the point we need to hear in the middle of that is when you see, hear that command, which we all do, don't wait. Well, most of us, most of the time. I don't live up to that. And so you need to hear, you need to remember that in, is that in this, you see your need. And that's part of the point of the law. That's a part of the moral commands. We can see this here in Romans chapter, chapter 3. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous or right with God in, his, in God's sight by the works of the law, meaning the works of doing the do's and don'ts that God himself has said to do. Rather, through these, these laws, these do's and don'ts, we become aware of our sin. As he continues in a couple of, verse, couple of chapters later, he says, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. Sometimes you don't know you're breaking a law until you are told. You know, it's like when you get pulled over the police officer. Did you know that, that, that you're driving 50 in a 25? I didn't realize it was a 25. <laughs> well, maybe you don't. Okay. Did you realize your taillight? Let's do, let's do something. Did you realize your taillight was out? Well, no. Well, yeah, I did, but I didn't do anything about it. But I didn't know. But you're still breaking the law. So sometimes we don't know. But when you realize it, that's when the sin, they can sin here. But, but I would not have known what, co- he continues to explain, I would not have known what coveting was if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, seeing the opportunity afforded by the command, produced in me even more coveting. It's the whole, don't walk on the grass, makes you want to walk on the grass, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. And that's Paul's point, is the sin kind of, it kind of makes, it does it itself, because our hearts are corrupted. He says here at the end in Romans 10 that Christ is the, it's the goal line, it's the, it's the, it, Getting us to Christ is the purpose, the end, the, 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 the goal. I'm, I'm saying the same word over and over. The, 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 the law is meant to tutor us, to bring us to, 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 to Jesus. Why? Because righteousness is not by what you do, but by, what you, by faith in Jesus. So what the law does is, do, is help you understand that you need him. And this is the this is this is the this is what unfortunately what the law does for us, as one theologian puts it. Commands the law will either do one of two things to you. It's going to either produce pride in you, or it'll produce a desperation. Why pride? Let's think about that for a moment. If we're honest with ourselves. We know a lot of times we see these commands and we go, yeah, I'm not too bad, am I? I'm better than this guy. There's stories in the, in the Gospels about that, where a man, young man went to Jesus and he said, you know, how do I have eternal life? 
And Jesus, you know, you know, the, you know the commands. Have you done them? And the man goes, yep. But he wasn't close to, G, close to the kingdom of God in that moment because he had pride. One of the problems when we, when we hear the to-do lists, we often will go, I'm really pretty decent. And that drives you away from Jesus because you need him. If we're really honest with ourselves and we look carefully at the law, what it really should produce is this desperation because you know you can't measure up to the law. Nobody can. There's a, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that I want us to look carefully at it. I love the reality of this verse. Let me read it, and then we're going to walk through it carefully. It says, surely there's not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. I love the reality in it, and it says that there are good people. There are right people. I mean, let's, we know this, that if you lined up 100 people, some people are better people than other people. Right? That's the reality is. Ted Bundy was not, or Hitler, was not as good as Mother Teresa. Right? There's a reality there. There are better people. From a human perspective, there are righteous people. And humans do do good th stuff, don't they? You know, feeding the poor is a good thing. That's a good action. People can be patient. They can be kind. So there are good people, and they do do good things. But what he's saying is that those good people... When they do those good things, even in those moments, there's a corruption to it. See, we want to read that ver this verse as saying, oh, good people sin too. That's not what he's saying. If he wanted to say that, he would have read like this. Surely there's not a righteous man who never sins. But that's not what he says. He says there's not a righteous man who does good, who in his doing of good, never sins in doing it. Grammatically, that's what's being said. Which when we think about it, of course that's the case. That even the best person doing the best things, there's always a little bit of corruption in there. A little bit of pride, a little bit of selfishness, a little bit of um, look at me. That's what he's saying. The never sins is modifying the doing of good. Johnny hit the ball really hard. The really hard is the never sins. Good people do good things, but even in the doing of good things, there's a little bit of corruption. Because we're, because humans are, that's what we are. That's what this is saying. That we've all fallen short. And what is the, what is the standard? According to Jesus, it's perfection. You need to be perfect. Not just better than average. Perfect. Perfect in every reaction, every thought, 
at every moment of every day, in the depths of your being, that's the standard. Now do you feel maybe you need to, you're a little desperate? That's the point. You can't meet the commands. Nobody can. Nobody can. We need to see in the commands our need. That you, you it's either Jesus or nothing. Because I'm not good enough. I'm not, I, Brian, am not good enough to, be, to get to heaven. I'm not good enough for God to give me the time of day. I'm just not. Never have been, never will be. No matter how much good I do in the rest of my life, it doesn't matter. I've sinned way too much. Way, my, my little sinful, sticky fingers are on everything I do every day. Even when I do good stuff, I know I'm not good enough. I need Jesus. The law will drive us to either desperation or pride. Don't let, it, don't let it drive you to pride when we read these things. Let them drive you to Jesus. Drive you to being and, and, and to hold on to you are saved by faith alone. As Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 2, know that a person is not justified, that is, declared right with God, just justified, that is ju declared to be right and just, by the works, by the doing of good, good works, but in contrast to that, by faith in Jesus Christ. Not what you do, but by your faith in Jesus. So we too have put, on, have put, on, put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified, declared right. We are right with God by faith and not by works of the law. Because by the works of the law, nobody gets in. You can't be good enough. The standard would be like jumping high enough to jump to the moon. You can't jump to the moon, can you? Then it doesn't matter if you can jump one foot or two feet. It, it, it's irrelevant. You need to be perfect. Or going back to this one that we saw earlier. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in the sight of the works of the law. Rather, by the law, we become conscious of sin. We just read that, right? Let's continue just a little bit more. But now, apart from the law, apart, the righteousness has been made known by which the law and the prophets, that is the Old Testament, all testify. A righteousness that is given to us by faith. In Jesus Christ, to everyone who believes, doesn't matter if you're a Jew, doesn't mean if you're a Gentile, doesn't mean what your background is. Do you believe in Jesus is what matters. Why? Because every human being falls short and are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came in Jesus Christ. We maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or as he finally puts it in Ephesians chapter 3, which I love this, you are saved by grace when, you're, when you believe. Can't take any credit for this. It's a gift. Salvation 
is not a reward for, for the good things we've done, no, so that no one can boast about it. You're saved by grace, and you need to remember that. Don't feel bad about yourself when you don't, when you, you don't measure up. Just go, oh, yes, I need Jesus. Thank you. Okay? Remember that. Be gripped by that when we go through these commands. That, you, that, that all this, 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 when you look at the standard, yes, repent of it. Yes, go, I want to be better. But mm, remember that it just shows you you need him. Finally, the commands are your future. They're your future. Because God doesn't just save you and leave you as you are. You are saved by grace through faith. But he doesn't just say, and now I'm just going to leave you with this dirty lump of clay. He wants to make you into the image of his son. As he says here in, John, in Romans chapter 8, this is, this is the continuing the story of, that Paul has been saying in chapters 3, 1, two, all the way through here. He says, those who God foreknew, he predestined, those who believe in Jesus, he, he is, he is he, your destiny is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. One day you will be just like Jesus who was perfect. Or as John later will say in 1 John, dear friends, we are children of God. What will be has not been fully known. We don't know quite exactly what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. But we know that when Jesus appears, when Christ appears, we shall be like him. So we read things like be merciful and be patient and be kind and be and to rejoice in the Lord always. And we go, one day. One day, by, by God's power, I will be that. And all who have this hope purify themselves, he continues. We do want to repent of it. We have this hope of being like Jesus. And so we repent. Because we know that's, that that's where we're headed. That's we, we know that's where you're headed. You're headed that way. Remember in Ephesians 1 I had just a moment ago? Saved by grace, Right? Salvation's not a reward for the good things you do, right? And then he continues the next verse. For we are God's masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. And he is creating us anew to do good things. He is molding you to be like Jesus. Not that that molding makes you saved, but it's an effect of being saved. As Jesus puts it like this, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree, tree can't produce bad fruit. We were born bad trees, producing bad fruit. But when you put your faith in Jesus, he changes you from a lemon tree to an apple tree. He cha- can you make yourself a change a species? Can a tree do that? No. Now, sometimes an apple tree does not produce apples. It happens, especially when they're new, right? 
but with proper care and proper time, an apple tree will produce good fruits. As he puts here, a tree is identified by its fruits. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are never picked from brambles, right? You are a new creation in Jesus. He has changed you from a, from a, ap, from a, a lemon tree to an apple tree. You are going, you're going to produce good fruit, good, 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 good fruit. You're going to produce apples. Eventually you will. But it's the producing of the apples don't make you saved. So, three things. Repent, right? Two, remember you're saved by grace. That you, All these things do is remind you that you need Jesus. But three, rejoice that one day you will be like that. Okay? That's how you look at the commands. That's how you look at the commands. So when we start next week and we start looking at things like love is patient and love is kind, those are the three things we need to be doing. Lord Jesus, thank you for the grace that you've given us. Thank you that you've given us the law to remind us of exactly how we are supposed to be. The law that reminds us of how we once one day will be by your power and your grace. And thank you, Jesus, that because we don't measure up to that, you meet us where, you, where we are. And that it is on the basis of your actions that we have the right to be in your presence. That you love us as we are. As this mess that we all are. Thank you. Amen. We're going to worship uh, a couple more songs before communion. So if you're able to stand or, or just if there's a posture of worship that is most meaningful to you, adopt that. And we will share in that beauty, that which is shocking, that God will share his glory, his beauty with us. Is your microphone on? Am I not on? No. Come on. It's amazing. I'm going to say it again because that was too good for the people online, which thank you for joining us. And we will share in his beauty. That he will, sh he will share his glory with us, his beauty. It's for us to be the recipients of, of, of the grace of God is just a, a shocking. And death will be a memory. Hmm. And tears will be no more. And we will be like him because we'll see him as he is. <coughs> so we come to the table. And we remember the three things. We remember the repentance that I need you, Jesus. I don't measure up. We remember that we are saved by grace. And we rejoice in that that our future is to be with him.
in his perfection, made in his image. Amazing. Now, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he said, this is my body, my life, my perfect life, perfectly fulfilling the commands on your behalf, given for you. And he went to the, to, to the cross and he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He paid what for sin. Why? Not that his own sin, but for yours, for mine, for our inadequacies, our falling short. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Not his sins, my sin. Our sin. So that we can be with him forever. Come to the table. All that's needed is that you, you acknowledge your need. That you don't want to continue in sin. You want to be in fellowship with him and that you trust that he's that he, his arms are open wide for you and that you long to be in his presence forever come to the table and then we'll share it together after we've sung Jesus paid it all As you are. He loves you as you are. And he's not going to leave you alone. Because <laughs> he loves you too much to leave you as you are. The body and blood of Christ given for you. back on. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, the, for being with us today. Thank you for the blessing of being together. I pray that you would help us to follow after you, to change this, the story of, of what is Christianity, that it's about God that you meet us where we are in our brokenness and give us hope. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you today and this week. We'll see you next week. Take care.